So welcome back to the Soul Fair podcast. My name is Lisa Gallagher and I'm here with Mandy Wheeler, spiritual archaeologist, a beautiful medicine woman from the west of Ireland. And Mandy, you're very, very welcome. And thank you for joining. <laughs> thank you for joining the space today where you're going to share an insight into your life journey, what allowed you to expand on the spiritual path, on the, the healing path. And I'm just going to allow you to open this space however you feel appropriate at this time. Thank you. And thank you for having me on the show. Very happy to be here. And I suppose how to introduce the whole story will go right back to the roots, the grassroots of my existence and my understanding of us, which is the beauty way and understanding that through the trials and tribulations of an adoptee in Ireland, um, leaning into the shame that that was placed and that I carried for so long that my journey with spirituality has been quite profound. It has gifted me a lens to see myself a lot more clearly. And I actually feel very blessed for my journey, for my experience. I recently, along with, I'd say, 44,000 people, since October 2022, have the option for the first time ever in Ireland to legally be allowed their birth search, their birth information, if they were boarded out, their parents' names. My heart, when I got that news, exploded. For so many people, along with myself, that we were being given something that had been taken from us and placed in a very dark corner in this country. And on the back of the fear of mother and baby homes, and I suppose the pressure that was placed on women and families, because it's not just the women that were affected, the babies and the fathers and the parents of both sides, and the grief that that carried. And leaning into it, I suppose, allowing it to disperse through us instead of holding on to it so tightly. And the identity crisis that arises with that, I feel like the information that is now available to people to apply for is a massive soul piece to be given back to each individual. And it has been so liberating to be able to say, I know who I am without the piece of paper, to detach from our story and know that we're, we're part of it, but we're not that, that we're beyond it. That I suppose I had been really looking forward to this piece, these, this pile, you know, this, this boulder that belonged to me and getting that information. Now I have sat with it for a few months. I'm feeling like I don't need it. 
that this beautiful gift of walking the way of the shaman and allowing it to be part of my everyday life and really stepping into the ceremony space has really shown me that I'm not an adoptee per se. I'm so much more than that and we all are. And that is, I suppose, the lesson that I had to go through to really see my worth in it all, to realize that I'm not the shame that I carried. And the compassion that has arisen in me for myself and for my mom. And I suppose I feel like I'm leaning into the fairy energy of this country now and that the inner child is been let loose and there's joy and there's more space in the heart. And I'm doing this spiritual archaeologist podcast on the Zorro website, Vivian Dempsey's website, I suppose in the hope to share what it means to be adopted and to go through dissociation and the identity crisis and to peel back those layers and really reveal who we are, which is not the trauma. It's not the story. It's the energy that resides in the heart. And my journey with spirituality has expanded more and more as I get to know myself more and more. And it feels limitless. And being a mum and understanding my part, I suppose... I'm really joyful to be able to share with my son Noah that I have been adopted and, you know, for him to see me in my whole, my wholeness and understand that there is no shame and we get to speak up now and we get our voices back and there's no more hiding in the shadows and there's joy to be seen in it. There's reconnection to the self, not just parts of us, you know, that is on a piece of paper or that hiding within the story on either side. And um, I feel blown away by the love, I suppose, by the journey. And I'm very grateful for it. As hard as it has been, I'm very, very grateful. And I suppose I'll share another little part that I really have a great trust in my intuition. And it has been questioned over the years. Um, and I allowed it to be questioned. And I wasn't able to hold boundaries due to, I suppose, the fear of abandonment and the fear of rejection. And now I'm really stepping into the inner warrior and understanding that those boundaries are sacred and that energy around me is sacred. And to hold that, space for myself and the more we do so for ourselves I feel the more we can do for those around us and trusting that intuition this time last year I actually had a lot of ill health that was arising and I suppose really leaning into the Boer Matters teachings and the mind body and spirit and understanding that the physical symptoms that may arise for us you know are manifested through the emotional body 
and to disconnect from those, we're now, you know, fragmenting ourselves. So I really understood where my ill health was coming from. And I described it to a few people as an emotional noose. Yes. And I suppose I felt like now's my time to speak up. Now is the time to just take off this fear, breathe into it and allow it to be and come from a place of love. So I wrote a letter and I trusted my gut and I knew it was going where it was supposed to go. And I found where my biological grandfather was buried. <laughs> and I wrote this letter to my biological mother. And I hid it under a rock in a little bag in a potted plant beside this graveyard. Wow. And I handed, I handed this spirit and I trusted it profusely. I, I knew I knew from a soul perspective and soul space, it was a felt sense. This letter is going where it's supposed to go and it will go at the right time. And I was so free after I wrote this letter. I just felt so free. I can't explain it. Um, two weeks later, there was a letter in my door from my birth mom. She had found the letter. That's <laughs> And I remember... Yeah, I just, I knew at that moment that the trust that I had in spirit was something that was so sacred and I held before my understanding of it. From a very young age, I leaned into that intuition and that, I suppose the seat of the soul and understood that there was a force beyond all some things just can't be explained. And uh, finding the strength to be able to let go of the fear of rejection and really lean into, hey, I feel love from somewhere. I feel it for myself, but I feel it from somewhere else that's beyond the human form. And that's what really led me to let go and allow myself to just put pen to paper and transmute it out. And uh, yeah, That's it's an been quite the journey. Story. Wow. And I suppose, like listening to your story, it seems that you've come almost full circle. You have experienced the pain, you've experienced the grief, the disconnection, and you found ways to heal and to come back into connection with yourself, come back into connection with, with Mother Earth, come back into connection with Source, and to come back into connection with your, your biological mother. And from a place of compassion and love for, for all involved in the process. And there's not one ounce of bitterness in your story. You tell it with such compassion and with such love. And I think for people who are listening in who haven't gone through that process, you know, people who may not really know where they come from, may not have that clear link to their ancestors it's very easy to connect into the the medicine here or connect into our ancestral lineages here when you know their name when you know where you're from when you know where your ancestral land is you know we're missing that whole trauma where we're able to just skip straight on to going from 
you know, being a child of a biological mother to being a child of the earth and to have that connection with the divine mother. But the the trauma that you experienced as a child, that disconnection adds a whole other step that it's like a lifelong journey that you know you've been on to to first heal that and then you can start moving on to your connection with them with the divine mother but it's somehow intertwined for you and I suppose for people who are listening in who don't understand what that's like to grow up without that knowing and also for people who have been adopted too and who are on their healing journey what helped you what was this was the first step of connection that really helped you to reconnect with yourself and reconnect with that concept of being the divine child of the mother where you could step past all of that biological karma, I suppose, that we carry within us. It really was when I stepped into shamanism and um, mindfulness, the breath, actually, as Simple yet profound as it is, the breath really brought me home to myself. And just when the energy leaves, you know, when you're just understanding, it's profound. Um, I'm smiling here because I've been lost for words at times with how much shamanism has, has really allowed me to you know, peel back the layers and get to know myself. I have been very blessed in my story because I was reared by a man who was a scout leader and extremely connected to nature. And we were reared basically in a tent or a caravan across Ireland. We were in every corner of the place. And I held this deep connection to the land from a young age. And that was that was my connection to myself, was always to reach to nature. Nature was my holder. And Animals especially, they, they gave me a deeper connection and a deeper understanding. And I really leaned into nature as a mother, I suppose. And I had very powerful um, masculine energy around me and not so much of the feminine. So I suppose nature was a savior to me. It, was, it really was a church to me. <laughs> And I'd run to it, and I still do, and I find it a great healer. But saying that, what has really helped me has been the, the journey with shamanism and journeying to the lower worlds, the middle and the upper worlds, but mostly the lower worlds to retrieve soul pieces. And yes, I had some really deep, profound journeys guided by Vivian and Aldo and then stepping into doing that work myself privately and yeah I was just going to ask you to explore a little bit about the importance of the lower world because um there's a lot of concepts in in spiritual practices where everyone wants to be in the higher in the upper realms they want to be with the the light beings the angelic beings but the lower Mm. realms bring so much healing and it's really where we set that foundation that we can then expand into the light. But it's so fundamental to our growth and our spiritual journey. And I think there's sometimes resistance around really going in and exploring those aspects of ourselves. But there's beauty in it too. And your story is just so beautiful. It's a beautiful example of this. Could you just explore a little bit, um, just expand a little bit on your 
your journey of exploration into the lower realms and how it can be a place of beauty. It can be. It can bring up a lot of fear for people who don't really necessarily understand what the lower world is about because a lot of people may misconstrue uh, and think, you know, it's the underworld and they get this concept of hell or, you know, we're caught up in a lot of religious stuff as well, I suppose, that kind of conflicts with people when they're going to dive deep into the, the shamanic journey and aspect of things. And when I started, I didn't actually know what I was embarking in. And I trusted it. I trusted it. And I suppose I got to see the depth of my soul down there and reaching in and understanding, building a spiritual team and connecting with her, with her ancestors and seeing the sparkles. It's to me, glitter. You know, it's like the cosmos when you step down. You know, I can picture it now walking down the stone steps and the dimly lit candles either side. And I get to the lower worlds after going through the great oak, you know, the portal of the great oak and been held and, and a sense of been held. I loved the lower world journeys. I just wanted to get there every single time. And I felt fuller every time I came back. And it really helps me to connect deeper to my spirit guides and understand you know, what energy I was bringing into the world and what energy I suppose resided within me and what am I doing with this? Am I holding it so tightly? Am I, you know, like a rope? Am I cutting my hands now down here? Or am I letting go? And it was a lot of letting go down there. And I suppose I'm going to jump on you again, but the upper world stuff is where I was actually resistant to because it's funny you're saying people want to get to the upper world. I actually didn't. I, I uh, was quite resistant. I thought, What's up there for me? You know, am I deserving up there? And and I suppose I had um, a lot of attachment, I suppose, on the back of adoption and why I was adopted and different things. So there was a lot of resistance for the religious aspect of gods and goddesses in that upper world. And I thought, well, the lower world is where I need to be. And, you know, gathering all those soul pieces down there actually really allowed me to knock on the golden gate and say, hey, I, I feel worthy. I'm going to yeah. sit and break bread with the gods now. Yeah. We're all divine in our own right. And I'm, I feel giddy about it. You know, the fact that I was so resistant to going to the upper worlds and thinking, oh, you know, who am I to be up here? And what are they? I actually was kind of resentful in one of my upper journey, to be truthful. I thought, yeah, what's great, you know? And this was a point of, real understanding, okay, this is, this is the deep primal wound and this is the rejection of self. This isn't the world rejecting me. This is not the gods in the upper world rejecting me. This is actually me holding myself back from self-love. And when I finally did allow myself to get to the upper world, I mean, every time I embarked in the lower world, I had fire ceremonies there and I danced with my ancestors and there was songs and it wasn't so murky and it wasn't so, you know, dark in the senses that I was experiencing in the beginning. And it really allowed me to, to hold that sacredness in myself on a daily basis and really start to fill my own cup, as they say. And it has, it's really helped me as a mother as well. 
you know, it's really freed me in not being afraid to speak on allowing all emotions to be and teaching my son that there is no shame in our journey. There is no right or wrong way. There's just the beauty way. And feeling and leaning into those spaces. And I guess I have a 10-year-old that's so magical. He, to me, is my shaman. And he picks up the drum now and he does a guided journey for me. Wow. And I'll lie there and I'm just like, he really is a little shaman now. <laughs> I feel so blessed to, to witness that and to, to nurture that part of him. And it's a gift because knowing the parts of me that weren't nurtured, I'm nurturing them now so profusely, just so profoundly on the back of understanding that they weren't there. Now I get to, to lean into that for my son, you know, and break these ancestral patterns that he doesn't have to carry the shame. And he is very aware of my story and he's met his grandmother and, Lovely. Wow, the healing, the healing for all of us has been, you know, this, I understand with the, the, the shamanic realm, you know, that it's been placed on me to break the ancestral trauma. And I'm not shy of that, you know, I'm not shy of taking that on because it's a gift. It, we're blessed. You know, we're really blessed to, to experience these stories, as they may be, and transmute them into the beauty way, as I keep mentioning. And that's just something that's really stuck with me, is what is the beauty way to me? What is the beauty way to you? You know, what, what really does that mean? And to me, it, it's inner peace, it's self-acceptance, and it's really known. Uh, we're endless. We're we're quite we're quite endless, and um, what we can carry and bring into this space on the back of these experiences, how helpful it is to free ourselves of the emotionalness and to be able to speak and to be able to share this with you today as well is something I never thought I'd do. I mean, I it's was the little girl in school that. Yeah, oh, oh gosh, I used to be the, the girl in school now that would be, you know, very shy stiff and the nervous system was a cage. And I mean, that inner child was a strong warrior, but I, the protector part of me really had her tightly, tightly caged in. And now I feel like she's free and not she, I, <laughs> you know, and pulling back in the fragmentation of it all and understanding that these parts are whole and reconnecting. Yeah. Giving yourself permission to, to be all that you are in this space and time. And what, you know, you mentioned that you are carrying, you know, that role of clearing the ancestral lines and just kind of coming back a little bit to your story because you you went through most of your life without knowing your biological mother and 
We talk so much about the ancestors on this land and how, you know, particularly within shamanic traditions, it's, it tends to be carried on through the past generations. The medicine is handed over from, you know, mother to daughter and, and so on and so forth. And you're blessed at this moment in time that you've been able to to reconnect all of the pieces together to meet your biological mother, to know now where you're from and to know, to have all of these answers. But there are people out there that have been adopted and maybe don't have those answers and maybe will never have the answers. And some who whose mothers have passed on at this stage and will never have that opportunity to sit down and and have a cup of tea with them or just be in space with them. You know, was it central to connecting with the ancestors for you to know your biological mother? Or, you know, did you find ways prior to that to be able to bridge that connection directly with them? Because it was always there for you. The story that you have with the letter, I mean, there was that connection, even though there was distance, physical distance through growing up and throughout your life. That unconditional love and that connection, that bond between mother and child stayed with you through your lifetime and was felt by both of you to bring you together this moment in time. So it's I think there's a, an element of comfort in that to know that you're always connected to your ancestral line, whether you're aware of it or whether you have the chance to kind of physically encounter it. But how did you overcome that when you were starting out on, on your shamanic path, starting out on your healing journey? How did you connect into your ancestral lines? Again, with the journey in the lower world and also soul retrieval was massive for me. I remember stepping in in one particular journey and going in to the hospital and picking baby me up and giving me all the love that I felt like I deserved. And I remember feeling this sense of, I'm going to take myself from you and give you everything you didn't give to me. And as soon as I had done that and picked myself up with this love, oh, the wave of compassion I felt for my biological mom then in that journey. And straight away, I just wanted to go back in and give her the love. And, and this isn't before we ever met physically or I wrote in a letter. So it was really the shamanic worlds and that aspect of things. So like you're saying, I, I, I really hear you. And I, that, you know, that really does touch me in, in the sense that if I had never gotten the chance to physically have met my mum, how would I be? Just like many people, as you've said, that may never get that opportunity. And that um, does bring up a lot of emotion for me because when I place myself in that position, you know, my heart really does go out to people. And the only thing I'll say on that is if you have gotten the information and you don't get to physically meet your parents, you have got something so deep inside you that the physical form can never take. That if we if we separate physically, as you've just said, there is something so profound and beyond us that we hold the legacy of our parents in our heart space. And we get to really lean into that with compassion for ourselves. Because it really is, you know, we're constantly looking outward at, okay, here is the biological, here is the blood, here's the piece of paper, here's the family. But what's here? What are we talking and what are we saying to ourselves? You know, what is the inner voice telling us about ourselves? Do we really need that piece of paper? 
I personally don't feel like I do. I mean, I happened to, my, my adoption papers weren't signed until I was four years old. So I was actually present and I remember being adopted. And um, because of that and because I was boarded out, they had to obviously keep files. So I actually have more information than most. So my file is about that pick. And I went through it and I mean, it means the world to get it, but also getting it now, I realize I don't need it. And I never did. And I'm prepping for it for when the time is right to do a beautiful shamanic ceremony, a fire ceremony with this. And I will transmute each piece of paper and it will be a really deep and I will invite family and whoever I need to, to hold space for that experience. But I feel so good about letting go of those pieces of paper. You know, they're not, they're not a part of us. They're a piece of paper. We're so much more than the story that we've been telling ourselves around separation. As you pointed out, we're never separated. That connection, the pain of the physical is there and there's no taking that away that could never be invalidated for anybody's experience. You know, and everybody has had a different journey and some people um, have been deeply scarred by it and some people have been deeply, feel deeply blessed by it. So it is uh, subjective to, to each individual. And I suppose what I would say to people is to lean into the spirit that resides within. You know, there's answers in us. We don't need it externally. We actually hold so much wisdom and knowledge in us. I'm spiritual even thinking about it. I mean, I've had so many experiences that I have to really ground from because spirit has come in so profoundly that um, before I got the news that we were legally allowed to have our birth information, I was up around a sacred site called Karakil. I allowed myself the thinking mind to shut off and I allowed something to take over and it was the beauty way and it walked me up to the hills and I felt a grandmother energy coming around me and it was telling me to find things. You have something here to be found. And I didn't really quite know what I was doing. I thought I was losing the plot. I was like, oh, if anybody's seen me now. And I thought, no, I'm trusting this. And I used to find all these little crystals or these, you know, feathers or crosses under rocks and this voice was like, find home, find home. And I walked for miles. I walked for miles. I crossed a railway track and I walked up a dirt track and it was overgrown and I came to a fence. And I looked and I thought, hmm, okay, the voice has led me here. And I couldn't stop crying. It was my biological birth mother's home where my grandparents had grown up and I got the clarification it was definitely that house a year after I had been there. And I thought, wow. <laughs> How has spirit led me to walking around the hills of Karakil, crossed me over a railway track up a dirt track and found this run-down little house that isn't lived in and I knew I was home. It just goes to show though, doesn't it? Like when we trust our intuition and trust that guidance and there's quite often that kind of fear of 
trusting that because you don't know the outcome. Like it took you a year to realize the full significance of that moment. You had that confidence that you were being led somewhere and that something would come from it. Yeah. And I suppose even getting to the gate of the house, just the the sense of truth and the sense of inner knowing and the sense of birth and the sense of awe, just the sense of awe in the world and experience. And there's no words that can describe that. You know, it's really about letting go of the thinking mind and leaning into the heart space. I mean, the heart has so much to say without ever putting a word out there. It's beyond language in speech form. And I guess I'm still blown away by spirit and by the divine, by the great mother, as you've said, by the Holden. I mean, I, I, I don't believe I would have got answers or, or got soul pieces back if I had bought the experience like I had been doing for 30 odd years. I mean, I really was denying the the inner aspect, you know, the experience for the the wounded child, I suppose, the wounded inner child. I I had built up this wall around me and disconnected quite heavily. Um that when I did lean into shamanism and start doing the work and, and the journey and this sense of self that was returned, that wasn't even a sense of self, it was a sense of just awe and commune and the connection to everything. My eyes became clearer and nature again started to become clearer like it had been for me as a child. And in my 20s, I really disconnected from that. And, you know, drinking and the usual spiral deeply in a state of depression. And I suppose um, climbing out of that state has been layer by layer by layer and it's not an overnight process you know you don't just get to pick your fingers and one minute we do a shamanic journey and it's the beauty way you know it, it's it's allowing the grief there's so much beauty in grief and so much cleansing and I started really leaning into the the, the holy wells in the last few years and I found such sanctuary and like with Karakil these places have been calling me quite some time and I'm blessed up here in Sligo because we've got think, about 16, I could be wrong, in around 16,000 sacred sites between monuments, sacred sites, we've got about 114 holy wells. So we're really spoiled. So I do get that sense of what I'm surrounded with up here. We've talked about, you know, the separation from your mother, the, the reunification or the kind of the healing aspects within that and the journey of what it's like to be adopted and that separation. I want to bring an awareness to the family that adopted you, that that did nurture you and supported your growth through, you know, your early years right up until now. I'm sure you still have a relationship with them and they're very much part of your life and, and central to your life. Do you feel that you're connected into their ancestral lines as well. And how has your relationship with them supported your healing journey? Yeah. How will I go into that one? Um, I held a deep, deep, deep bond with my father. He passed five years ago. 
And um, I suppose with five brothers as well as my dad, there was a lot of masculine. There was a lot of, I suppose, I felt very nurtured by the masculine and not so much the feminine because I didn't necessarily bond with my adopted mother. Unfortunately, we didn't really have that. They really nurtured me in the sense that they saw how much I loved animals and nature and they brought out the humour in me. And yeah, they really, really, really held space for that little girl. And I really do acknowledge that, that they held space for, you know, they, they understood that this little girl was coming in from, you know, a space of abandonment, really, in whatever form or whatever reasoning behind it. They had a great awareness. My parents, bless them, they fostered so many children. While I was there and after I had been adopted, there was still foster children coming in. So, you know, I did have a sense of, oh, I'm handpicked. You know, I got to, you know, I, I got to stay. You know, why, why am I here? You know, there was a lot of questioning as a child. And now I let go of that. You know, I'm just, it is what it is. And it's been a beautiful journey and I'm very close to my brothers and I have an older sister as well I'm quite close to. Um, they've each carried space for me in their own right. We're all very different and I would consider myself very different to them and I'd be very attached to my dad's family and his ancestral lineage. I'm very interested because he would have spoke very openly about his childhood, his experiences his deep connection with horses and animals and um, yeah, his legacy. I really do feel so connected to that, though, be it blood or not. I'm very connected to that. And I don't know how to describe that one to you. I think that's, that is the beauty way. Again, that's just love. It's not, it, it just is. It's just love, you know? There doesn't have to be that blood link to be family. There doesn't have no. to be biological link the family ancestral connection and be part of that lineage you know so it goes deeper than that much deeper than that and I think that was a great lesson for me to understand that I could have that connection without it being blood that I did I was so lucky to have that connection and my son was very lucky to to have met my dad and would have had the first four years of his life with this magical man as well and we speak about him nearly every day and you know, I've spoke to my biological mum about him and, you know, it's lovely to be able to share that, you know, that this is my experience and here's, here's a little piece of it. You know, we get to share things back and forth and, yeah, understanding, I suppose, holding space for other children coming into the house and seeing what they're going through. And uh, it did, it, it expands the heart space, I suppose, understanding that these children are coming in with experiences that are similar or, or very different to, to mine and feeling grateful as well for my place in the family. Um, but also understanding that I was worth the space and not thinking, you know, anything like trying to make myself smaller to, to fit in. I think I actually took up a lot of space. <laughs> I was quite a messer at times, you know, I'd have a lot of humor in me to share with my brothers and yeah, yeah. There was a lot. There was a lot of laughter in the house. There was, as much as any family has their troubles. You know, there was a lot of laughter, and I'm very grateful for that. I used to say in my early twenties that I love my memories, and I do. I love my memories. They go back as far as I'm two. My first memory is two, and then I kind of jump to when I'm four, and the 
it's October 1990 and I'm around a massive table in the middle of Dublin and there's people there with suits and this is just the very visual memory I hold. And I know that this is the day that I am officially adopted into this family, but that's not the memory that I actually go to. That's not the, I don't go to that table for that understanding. I go to what happened afterwards, which is I was brought to Dublin Zoo and I got to see a polar bear. And this is my memory that I think, wow, if I hadn't have been in this circumstances, I'd never have got to see my spirit guide in the, in, in the physical form. <laughs> and in hindsight, I'm looking at this white polar bear and thinking, wow, I'm four and I'm looking at this. And I remember going back years later and no one up there ever remembering there even was a polar bear in Dublin Zoo. And it's a memory that, you know, I bounce back to so often just to see how lucky I was to, you know, there's so many ways of looking at things. Mandy, your story is incredible. It's just listening to you um, come full circle, you know, just fully embrace all aspects of what you've gone through, the grief, the separation, the coming back together, the healing of that. But I think most importantly, what stood out listening to you was the value in coming back into connection with yourself. And once you reconnected with yourself and became one with yourself and call back all aspects of you, all of the soul retrieval processes that you do, you were connected then to everything, to every aspect of who you are. And everything else just became almost secondary. The paperwork, the name of the mother, all of that just became secondary once you had reconnected with your sense of self. And I think that's a huge message of empowerment. I want to really thank you for sharing, taking the time to express. Oh, fully. Thank you so yeah, much. Yeah, it's been beautiful to talk and, and talk freely and openly. Thank you for giving me the opportunity because I do have a fear of the camera or had a fear. And now I kind of see it's not a fear of the camera, it's a fear of them seeing just, it's just a fear of them seeing. And I guess I don't have that fear or I'm not leaning into that now. I'm thinking, you know, there's a lot to be offered. We all have a lot to offer. And who am I to hold myself back? It's stepping into the heart and understanding, as you said, Every person out there has a story to offer and pearls of wisdom to share. Thank you. Thank you.